0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up.
1: Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change.
2: <laughs> that's why we're a great team and that's how we're starting the show we'll do it live week 11 I asked every week what week is it and then you tell me I can tell you this it's betting you college football we're here to break down all the bets for week 11 we've looked at the lines we've scanned the board I'm going to recap what the hell's been going on in college football and we are going to give you our favorite bets to start the week I'm Ben Razza that is Matt Kijewski. here we go sir we're not even in the thick of the season we're getting to the end of the season already how are you doing today? How was your week last week?
3: Last week was great for me. It was another profitable week, so hopefully shook off a little bit of, I don't know what that was, mid-season, rust, I don't, who knows. As usual, we, we bet a lot of games here, so there were some good winners. There were some ones that you know struggled. I think my worst call was probably Clemson. Yes, mine and too. Looking back to that whole handicap, it was, all right, Clemson should be healthier on paper. They have a great defensive line with Brze and Thomas and these guys that supposedly have NFL futures. I think that is surely in question now. They go up against a Notre Dame team who has been beat by Stanford. They've been beat by Marshall. And they just dominate the trenches. They, they allow themselves to get buried by Notre Dame, both sides of the ball in the trenches, which was a surprise to me. But I think we can use that information going forward. That Clemson defensive line and, and really their defense altogether, now that they're healthy, have not made the improvements we expected. So that was a bad call for me. Uh, I got caught with the weather trap in the Iowa Purdue game. I think that weather disproportionately affected the Purdue side. So I wish I would have known that earlier in the week. And then, of course, they cannot go any further without talking about Tennessee. I think we got the answer. Georgia, they're the real deal here. They've now had a pretty weak schedule overall, but they've demolished two awesome teams. Week one, they demolished Oregon. Now they demolish Tennessee like that. Georgia's legit, man. What did you think?
2: I wasn't, you know, Georgia at home. You kind of I I thought they were gonna be ready. I didn't expect it to be low scoring. So that was unfortunate. Clemson, I'm not gonna make excuses for Clemson because there is no excuse. I will say though, when you give up a punt block for a touchdown to get things started, that doesn't help your situation. Uh and then it just it spiraled out of control for them. Other than that, yeah, I mean, it was a back-and-forth week, certainly some good stuff. Uh, you know, the, the Florida a and situation, I, d- I wasn't looking to bet that game. I ended up betting Florida because of the flu, and that helped a lot, uh, particularly early. Iowa State got it done for me. I was happy about that. I want to throw one more, and then we'll get into these games. Missouri, who should have won that game. I've never seen a play like that in my entire life. Late in that game, Kentucky snapped the ball. 30 yards over their own punter's head. And it was a sprint to get that ball. And somehow the punter got it, kicked it, and was roughed all in about two seconds to lose the game for Missouri. What a strange, strange game. You had a ton of closing line value, and it just didn't matter.
3: That's the that's the way it goes sometimes. You Correct. can't feed your family with closing line value, unfortunately. I learned that last night with VCU
2: and college basketball, a five-point closing line value. No good. Uh, but that's the world we live in. Let's get into it. You want to help us hit the like button. Let's get into it and let's hit the likes, build it up. First game on the schedule, Missouri team. We just talked about Tennessee team. We just talked about back in Knoxville, Tennessee might be extremely angry. They certainly should be. Do you see beat down here? It's a lot of points, but where are you putting your money?
3: Yeah. Tennessee is probably going to be a tough team to talk about moving forward because they have this sort of hidden agenda where if they want to make the college football playoff, which is still in front of them, they need to just beat down every team they play the rest of the way. So I I think incentives for Josh Heupel are going to be, all right, let's run up the score as much as possible, because at the end of the day, there there always could be chaos, you know, and one loss SEC team is always going to have merit to get into the playoff. But they're not going to play for the SEC championship, presumably, assuming Georgia wins out. And then if there's not chaos, say like TCU goes undefeated or TCU is one loss or Oregon is one loss. And then Oregon's in the same boat as Tennessee. You know, they both have their one loss as a beat down to Georgia. Well, what has Tennessee done to separate themselves in that situation? So I think they are fully incentivized to just go full scorched earth moving forward, which I think makes them a really hard team to handicap. Honestly, like my numbers in the back and have this as a Missouri value, but I, how are you trading Tennessee right now? Like, I, I don't know what to do with this team.
2: Yeah. So the spread it, it's, I, I see, I'm looking at odd chopper. It's, it's ballooned to 21 in some spots. I, I'm not sure I'm going to go above that. Uh That's a lot of points, but I hear you Tennessee. And I know this is a larger conversation. I'm not sure what they can really do now because one Alabama what if Alabama loses, like, another game or two? Alabama's Anybody.
3: out if everything stays the no, same. No, I
2: know, but I more mean, like, Tennessee's marquee win Oh, isn't yeah, that saying. elite anymore. And now I wonder about, you know, they're not drawing the other teams from the West, really. I, I worry exactly about that resume getting stronger because they have no path to winning the SEC championship. It's going to be, I think they have to stay relevant with full scorched earth, uh, try to run it up as much as possible.
3: Yeah, these are both great teams. I think there's kind of like, I don't know how to put this, this point where either you, you have the elite defense that can stop Tennessee or Tennessee's going to score at will. Mm-hmm. And Missouri's played solid defense this year, but are they at that point? They're 38th in run defense, 19th in pass rush, 20th in coverage. I think you really need like some top five metrics in some of those areas to really stop Tennessee overall. Like the, at the end of the day, there's still an explosive passing attack. And they can run the ball too with hooker and small and the various weapons they have so it's a lot of points here honestly like with this game projected to be relatively low scoring it's 57 i think that's because you have a couple different paces here tennessee tries to play fast missouri will slow you down but there's a good defense on one side a really suspect defense on the other and vice versa when you look at the opposing offenses it's hard to handicap it's hard to handicap the motivation for tennessee they need to win out and they need to win out convincingly to keep their playoff hopes alive which I think you're going to try to do like your backdoors are probably not open against Tennessee the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm going to monitor the line. Certainly there's, you know, 60 games on the docket, not the one uh, that I'm looking to bet the most. The next one isn't that either, but I think it's a little more interesting. And this is, I mean, LSU, LSU has some playoff equity potentially if there's chaos, how crazy is that? Um, Got to beat Arkansas, though. Has to have it. Three-point road, dogs, or favorites, I should say. What is going on? Arkansas lost to Liberty. That was a <laughs> shocker. Not as big of a shocker, considering I like them in that game, and that's what I get. But what do you make of this matchup?
3: Yeah, that was unbelievable. I cannot believe they lost to Liberty. There's no excuse you nope. can draw up for losing to a G5 team like that. They're not G- I mean, they're independent, but same thing. Basically, G5 caliber program. Anyway, for I mean the playoff picture you mentioned, everything's in front of LSU because they still have a path to the SEC championship. Like they could have a win over Alabama and Georgia when it's all said and done. Because I I looked at implied odds. I think there's seventy percent chance to win the SEC now. Obviously, st- like their schedule doesn't get any easier. They have a very difficult schedule, and and they need to win out to get there. But you know they have a path to winning the SEC that Alabama no longer has because of the head to head loss. So. They honestly, I think
2: LSU probably controls their own destiny because if they beat Georgia and win the SEC championship, they're getting it.
3: They're getting Plus, it. like I, maybe we should have started with this, but TCU is a seven-point underdog to Texas this week. Yeah. Oregon, I don't think anyone would be surprised if they drop the game. They've got a hard schedule coming up too, and then Clemson just shot themselves in the foot. So it's conceivable that one of these two lost teams gets in I think the real question is, what would you do with the Ohio State-Michigan situation? Yep. Then you probably have both of them in. But anyway, that has nothing to do with this game. I think the biggest parts of, of this game right now are the improvements in LSU's passing game and the continued weaknesses of Arkansas' secondary. And last week, like Liberty didn't have any quarterbacks. So seeing them lose that game to Liberty was a bit shocking to me. This complete vanilla game plan shut down KJ Jefferson, who's normally a dynamic playmaker. Very, very surprising. But there's a lot of advantages for LSU. One, their pass game's improving. We mentioned that they're actually getting something out of like Butte and Neighbors. Finally, Arkansas does have a few guys back in their secondary, but it hasn't been enough to really make really make up the difference here. And the last two teams they faced were Robbie Ashford in Liberty. Another team really passes the ball all that well. Then on the other side, we know what Arkansas wants to do. They want to run the ball down your throat. That is the strength of LSU's defense. Their eighth in run defense, 30th and pass rush. All the good players on that defense are up front for them, which was, I mean, it's been an issue for teams that try to run the ball against them all year. Alabama just experienced this. I think the sharp side is LSU, not just from just a power rating standpoint, they're the better team overall. But even when you dive into the matchups, I think they favor the Tigers here.
2: It's crazy because I wouldn't have said that a couple weeks ago, but I, I can't disagree. And I I mean, it shouldn't be. I don't want to say that Arkansas is worn down. They just had a bye a couple weeks ago, but they just look banged up. Jefferson looked banged up. I watched that game against Liberty. They're just not the same team. Certainly, you know, Catalan's been out for months. It, it, the secondary is never going to get better. It's a problem. But LSU is hitting their stride. It's always tough off huge wins on, at home and then you hit the road. So I I get it why it's a competitive spread. But to me, it is LSU or pass here. I just think Arkansas is trending towards, you know, they're not going to finish in the bottom of the SEC West, but they, they are quickly falling. And I think they kind of stumble again here to close the season. They got a tough schedule. Those West teams have no reprieve.
3: Right. You brought up something that I forgot to mention, the KJ Jefferson injury. There were rumors flying around Saturday morning that he was going to miss the game. He didn't look right. I I will say, like his shoulder, it did not look good. Agreed. And the season's lost for them. At at what point is KJ going to take a seat? I mean, if you're losing games to Liberty, I mean, ah, uh, yeah. There's always bowl so. eligibility, but at some point, it's like okay, if you're if you're unable to produce against Liberty. Yeah, at some point you should probably be sat down, which I, I think is something they might consider. And the last thing I want to say is Jaden Daniels has done a great job navigating pressure. I thought that would be the biggest factor in the Alabama game. And he was under a lot of it and he did take six sacks, but honestly just six sacks and the 17 pressures isn't quite as bad as, as you would think. He's not going to be facing the same pressure here and his mobility has won out more times than not for him. So he kind of passed that test. I was surprised, and it should only get easier from a pass rush standpoint against Arkansas.
2: No doubt about it. Listen, LSU, I'm no fan of Brian Kelly, but he's got them (laughs) playing really, really well. Credit to them. All right, let's go to the... uh, This is a weird one. Go to the ACC for a second. Pittsburgh, Virginia. Pitt is a four-point road favorite. Virginia is a team. They've been kind of uh, up and down, but they shellacked me a little bit. Last week, kind of a mess. Are you laying the points on the road, or do you think that Virginia's actually found something?
3: Yeah, that, that got me too. And I'm going against them again. I'm going against okay. Virginia. And you guys should probably all be weary. I, I ran, I don't know if this is the case, including this year, but just for fun, I looked at my all time lifetime history betting college basketball and college football. There's no team I've lost more money on than Pitt. So take that for what it's worth, but I'll be back in Pitt here. I think this one comes down to one key matchup Pitt, with their new OC, their new offensive style of play. They're just trying to run the ball down your throat. They didn't have Israel Abanaconda last week. I think he returns here, but even if they don't, Rodney Hammond is back at the beginning of the year. These two guys were forming a one-two punch. I think as long as you have one of them playing, they can exploit a Virginia defense, which is really suspect up front. They're 87th and run defense, 98th and pass rush. Their key weakness on defense is that defensive line in front seven. They're actually pretty decent on the back end. Doesn't matter much. Pitt doesn't care to throw the ball right now. So I think that is the main key here. And then if you want to flip the script the other side, Pitt has a great defense. And they're 15th and Rundy, 32nd in pass rush. Virginia has a highly suspect offensive line. We've been talking about this since the preview pods, replacing every offensive lineman they had this offseason. They're 122nd and pass blocking. So I think Pitt has a key advantage in both sides of the ball on the trenches up front for their team and Virginia like props to them. I can't believe they covered that spread. You and I were talking about this on live before lock for our DFS show. No Dontavian wicks, no Keaton Thompson, no Lavelle Davis and somehow they still covered. I mean, yeah, UNC did fall down at the one yard line, but that's neither here nor that. Just the fact that they were
2: moving the ball, uh, now, I think the difference here, though, because I'm with you with Pitt, North Carolina's defense, you no matter who you are, you're going to put up some points on that team because they're just their defense is non-competitive. They're outside the top 100 in basically every metric. Pitt's defense, if you don't know what you're doing and you have all these injuries, I think there's a chance that Virginia's offense is completely shut down in this situation.
3: I agree. We've seen that against some of the better defenses they face. They've, they're kind of few and far between, but you know, you look at the better defenses in this conference, like Miami held them in check. You had Duke holding them below 20 points. They scored 20 against Syracuse, some flukes there, three against Illinois. Those are all above average defenses, or at least in the ballpark. Pitt is in that range. North Carolina is not. No, no, they're
2: not. So I'm with you here. you let me check oddshopper, oddshopper.com. You can find (laughs) typical... You can find a three and a half at FanDuel. That um, is
3: amazing, dude. Every, yeah. Oh, all wow. the fours I see are juiced.
2: Yeah. So it's, I'm looking at Odd Chopper right now. I see four and a half, four and a half, four minus 120, and then three and a half minus 110. Okay. Sure. Why not?
3: I might uh, move to a legal state with FanDuel man. Come
2: on in. We got a spare bedroom at the Casa del Raza. You come, come on in, you bet FanDuel. Make some money. If you want Pittsburgh, find three and a half and take them now. I'll be doing that right after the show. There's a bunch of teams, a bunch of teams that we got to get to. But I do want to say this. We were just talking about chopping odds, making some money, getting some extra money for the bankroll. DK has a promo, bet five, win 200. If you're a new user and you haven't signed up on DraftKings Sportsbook, link in the description to this video. What you do. You go there, you sign up, you take five bucks, you bet it on a money line. The team has to win for you to get your $200. So just take a crazy heavy favorite. This is college football. You can find one where the money line is like minus 10,000. Just take that team. And then once they win, take Michigan against Nebraska. There you go. You turn that into $200 in free bets. It is that simple. A great way to boost the bankroll to be able to bet all these games. We asked about, you know, early in the show, okay, where does Tennessee go from here? Where does Alabama go? Because they still got serious business on their schedule, and they've got to go into the Grove, into Oxford, stake on Ole Miss 11.5-point favorites on the road. Ole Miss is quietly lurking. If if LSU stumbles and Ole, and Ole Miss wins out, it
3: will be them that goes. What a weird game. Do you have a lean in this one? I want to go back to Alabama. It's just – I. This team has not really had an identity in offense when they can't get Jameer Gibbs going, which is very different from them in, in recent years, where they've had kind of like eight deep at wide receiver at times, going all the way back to like Ridley through the Judy Rugg's ears, Devontae Smith through last year's Jamison Williams know. and Mechie. They don't have anybody like that this year. So it's tough. But overall, I look at Ole Miss's body of work and what do we do with this Ole Miss team? Going into this game, they've still faced a relatively easy strength of schedule. Here's who they've played. Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa. About as easy of a non-con as you could draw. Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Auburn, who they almost lost to, Texas A&M, who they had a 37% postgame win expectancy against, and then LSU, who they got slaughtered by. If you were to rank like the top five or six teams in this conference, Ole Miss hasn't played any of them which is incredible getting to this point in the season without that. And their latter, what is it, three games now are impossibly difficult for this team. So I think you're still kind of like selling high on Ole Miss in this situation, if you will. Whereas Alabama, the pure buy low after that loss to LSU last week, every single metric across the board you look at, Bama has the edge. Pass blocking, run blocking, run defense, pass rush coverage. Bama is better in every single one. Can they get their best players on the field at receiver? I still don't know. They're still playing Jermaine Burton, and he just flat out sucks. I I think, and there's been a lot of talk about that this week, a lot of really high-profile people in college football who have far more sources than me have been talking about Saban removing both of his coordinators from positions of power this offseason, which he absolutely should do. Jermaine Burton should not be starting on this team, and I will continue to say that all throughout this show and the college football season. But at the end of the day, there are so many advantages in Alabama's direction here. The the last thing I'll say here is: Ole Misses at home. Bama has had a really really tough time playing on the road this year. I think that's probably factored into the spread already. But I don't know. I think it's kind of Bama or pass for me. It's hard to back. I honestly, in some ways, I feel like it's hard to back either of these teams. But
2: I I, I couldn't get past the first point that you made. It, we're we're in week eleven. Ole misses best win. Kentucky like and they could have should have lost that game potentially Texas A&M like what what are they it's not their fault it's their schedule they have done absolutely nothing they haven't beat anybody who's a quality team and I, I just worry about how good this team is if they can't run their quarterback play has been suspect at best I know Alabama's got serious issues I don't trust anything that Ole Miss is doing through the air
3: they're they're barely doing anything through the air it's entirely run Judkins into the back of the offensive line. That guy's amazing. He is. I love Judkins. Got to give him his flowers for sure. And Zach Evans is good too. When he's not hurt, he's just unfortunately been really hurt all season long in darts mobile too. But I mean, Bama's number one in the country in run defense. Number one. Yeah. Bad stylistic matchup for Ole Miss. And I know everyone, you know, Bama
2: two losses. It's not like they're out of it. Like they got plenty to play for.
3: So They need some chaos, but I mean, clearly the playoff committee waits SEC play more than Pac-12, ACC, Big 12. They just need a little chaos, and I mean, it's still in front of them. LSU's got a tough way to go, too.
2: Yeah, I I think there's a chance that Bama rises up somehow. Uh, To stay relevant, do you think, as we move on to our next game, Clemson back at home, seven-point favorite, do you think that
3: Clemson has a path? Chaos. They, I mean, I don't know what they need. It's going to take a lot. Like they're behind TCU, they're behind Oregon. I think a one loss Oregon gets in over them. Their there's level of competition is bad. Like they don't play any good teams, and to yeah, get boat race by Notre Dame, whoof that's not exactly a good loss to have. So I, there, I don't, I don't even see their path to getting in. They would what just you- need. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm
2: sorry. I was just going to say, what did you make of the spread, though? They're back at home. They haven't lost in Death Valley in like six years. Uh, a touchdown favorite against Louisville.
3: Yeah, Lu- Louisville, I, this is a tough game to evaluate. Louisville's been just up and down. Streaky as all hell, really, the whole year. I mean, they've got a lot of quality wins, beating UCF. They beat Wake Forest resoundingly. They just beat James Madison. But then they've got losses to like Boston College, yeah, Syracuse. And they kind of just ride and dive with Malik Cunningham. They don't have a lot of playmakers on offense. He's the engine of their offense. And when he rises to the occasion, they win a lot of these games. When he plays poorly or has a turnover, it can be pretty suspect for them. It's hard for me to back Clemson right now, though, because their coaching staff is just making terrible decisions. It's similar to like the Saban problem, where I think the coordinators are really having an issue with this, with this team overall. Like, they're flip-flopping now between Klubnik and Yuwa Galilei, And I don't think there's any real rhyme or reason to it. I've been in favor of Klubnik playing really since week one. But last week, Yuwa Galilei had a pretty solid drive. And then they took him out. And then Klubnik came right back in. So the decision-making seems pretty whimsical right now. It's not even all right. Yuwa Galilei struggling. Put Klubnik in. Yuwa Galilei actually makes some good plays. And then Klubnik comes in. Like, what are we doing here? I don't think we can bet Clemson right now. Uh, (laughs) I...
2: I I don't really understand this one. First of all, I couldn't agree more. I watched because I was heavily invested in Clemson. There is no rhyme or reason. They're just like, all right, let's try this. And then, you know, Clemson comes in and he makes a bad decision trying to make a play. And then they pull him back. It's just like an absolute mess. Chipley's doing what he can. I don't have a good read on Louisville. They've got all the talent in the world to cause some problems. I don't really get this, though. I think this is a little trappy, but... At flat seven, I do lean to Clemson. Back at home, I think they come back with a much better effort. Now, they're going to have to contain. You know, we saw at times Garrett Trader get loose and whatnot, but that was early in the game, and then they really smothered Syracuse. I don't think Syracuse is particularly good. I think we all knew that. I don't know if Louisville is that good. Again, I I can't overlook. How the hell do you lose to Boston College? Boston College is awful.
3: Yeah, I don't know, man. I... It's tough for me to, this might just be a stay away from me. We'll see where the line goes. I'd be more interested at Clemson at six and a half than seven. Yeah. But it's tough for me to back a team where you clearly have talent, but you're limited by your coaches. Like your coaches actively put you in situations to lose games.
2: Can't argue with that. Yeah. I'm going to look, certainly if it goes to six and a half, I'm betting this. If it stays at seven, I probably still will. There's a chance I looked at, not that I do this a lot, but I do think Clemson's going to win the game. You can pair them up. You know, they're in like the minus 280-ish range, 275. Them and another team, you'll get around even money. I think Clemson at home will find a way here. I'd be really stunned if this snowballs. They just got out, just muscled by Notre Dame. I don't think Louisville does that to them.
3: Yeah, I, ultimately, that's the side that I lean to. Uh, maybe you'll talk me into it. We'll see.
2: I mean, I've done, I've done worse things than that. I will say, though, I was talking about some of my better bets and this one was under the radar but it was just actually pretty nice i would state last week was just fine they're solid they did their thing and i was actually pretty content and now they hit the road but they're still a slight favorite because oklahoma state i mean it's injury based but the wheels have kind of fallen off here is this a spot to avoid or a spot to say okay there's something still uh to meet on the bone in terms of value
3: yeah, I want to I wanna bet this game. Unfortunately, I just don't know if we're going to get Spencer Sanders news. Yep, It's because Oklahoma State is as tight-lipped as they come. You never know with injuries with this team until the game is – the players are warming up before the game, really. I think without Spencer Sanders – we talked about this last week. This might be the single biggest drop-off from starting quarterback to backup in the entire country. It's not an exaggeration. They got demolished without him last week. Crushed demolished and they didn't even they didn't even play gundy they played whoever garrett Wrangell is who is not any <laughs> yeah, better uh,
2: they have no solution i mean if they if if spencer sanders doesn't come back they
3: are not gonna win another game so they've got a crap defense the only reason they've been able to stay in games is because sanders is dynamic both with his arm and on the ground without him they're just giving up 40 points and they can't score like 20 themselves and iowa state is improving on offense they had a new signal caller this year hunter deckers he's a high recruit for them but he really hadn't played sat behind brock purdy for a couple years he's been better recently and they've simplified their game plan it's essentially let's get the ball to our receivers and they're actually pretty good receivers you can start with hutchinson he's dynamic but then Jalen Noel's not bad, and Dimitri Stanley, the Colorado transfer, has given them a little bit too as kind of this ancillary piece. It's no longer, okay, we have to target Hutchinson every single play, and when he doesn't get the ball, nobody else can beat opposing defenses. Well, Noel and Stanley are kind of doing a little bit now, so you actually have to defend more than one player. I don't think Oklahoma State can defend any of these guys. They're 84th in coverage. They don't have a good run defense either. It's not that Iowa State is particularly good at that, but an improving offense in Iowa State, not to mention – like Iowa State's losses are all really close. If you look at their overall record, it's not great, but you've got a seven-point loss to Baylor. Baylor's awesome. A three-point loss to Kansas could have gone either way. One-point loss to Kansas State. Three-point loss to Texas. This team could be much, much better overall if a couple of these coin flip games just went the other way. Meanwhile, Oklahoma State, they've been on you know the right end of a lot of those bounces. They had a 45% post-game win expectancy against Baylor. They ended up winning that game by 11 points, kind of fluky. 52.6 against Texas. That was a game they won by seven. I mean, these games are really close for Oklahoma State, too, but the exact opposite. They've been on the positive end of the coin flips. Iowa State hasn't. But, I mean, at the end of the day, where do you think this line is? Because I think it's kind of priced in the middle of Spencer Sanders. I think Oklahoma State should be favored if Sanders plays at home. And I think there should probably be like a six point dog if he's out.
2: That's what I wanted to ask you. So if he is ruled out, I feel pretty confident that this crosses three at least. Same. Um, if he's ruled in, I don't think it crosses three the other way, but Oklahoma State would be favorite. That would be my predictor. Yeah.
3: I think it goes through zero.
2: Uh, yeah. It goes through zero, but I don't think it crosses three. If he's ruled I agree out. I'm going to bet Iowa State. I also am going to bet the under on Oklahoma State's team total. It's about 24. I I don't think they can manufacture points if he's out.
3: Simple as that. I agree with you. This one it's so hard to bet if you're looking at it ahead of time. Yeah, you got to try to read the tea leaves here. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try, Ben. I wish we had a had a mole <laughs> in Oklahoma State. That would be useful. Yeah,
2: like the MMA mole. The guy's got one leg out there. I was
3: uh, I did not get to take advantage of that. Neither
2: important. did I. I'm just watching the fight and I'm just like, well, this guy doesn't seem right because he kicked someone and now he's dubbed over in pain. Uh, we don't have that. You know what? Betting you, we do what we can here. If we've got that, if we got that alpha, we'll we'll drop it in our premium discord. Sign up in the link below. Perfect time to talk about that. Unscheduled read. That's how we roll on this show. Premium discord me, Matt, Lindy. Greg, Lofty, a oh, everybody that you see on the Odd Shopper channel. We're in there. We have our channels. We're dropping our full betting cards. We're talking through the plays. We're live betting. We're sweating the games. It's awesome. It's a fun community. Sign up. Link is in the description. 100% free for a week. Come in for a week, then decide what you want to do. We will see you guys in there. We got a handful more games to go. You have been clamoring. You've been saying that Tulane is the team of destiny. The team of the New York Six—they're not going to make the playoff, but they are a pretty cool team. This might be their biggest test, uh, or amongst them. UCF is no joke; they can obviously play. Tulane was calling for College Game Day to come down. They didn't get that, but they could make they a statement here as a two-point favorite. Do you like them in this spot against UCF?
3: Oh, I thought they did. Where's College Game Day? I think it's—I
2: I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's in Austin.
3: Anyway, that doesn't matter. We're here to talk about that's not game day, but I was hoping it was going to come here. I actually didn't see where game day is, but thought it was a lock. Like this is, this is is the game. Yeah. That's that sucks. What a missed opportunity. This is the game in the G five. I know who wins this game probably goes to the new year six. So it's a super exciting game. I think it's the best individual game on the entire board. Like if I was going to watch one game this weekend, I would pick this game. And from a Mm -hmm. betting perspective, I haven't bet this yet because I I wanted to hear what you thought on it before I just unloaded on Tulane. But that's the side I've been leading to. We've seen this UCF team struggle when they've been down in games. We know they have a dynamic rushing attack. They've benched Bowser. Thank goodness. RJ Harvey's been awesome for them. Reese Plumlee, when he's healthy and he allegedly returned to practice late last week, they just didn't feel, you know, with the limited practice he had that, you know, he should go out there and be their their full-time signal caller. So I think Reese Plumlee is back. That's good for them. He's a dynamic signal caller, especially on the ground. But at the end of the day, UCF has still struggled to play from behind, and we've seen them in that situation a couple times this year. ECU put them there, Louisville put them there, and they couldn't climb back into the game. Now, when they're ahead, it's a different story. However, I think Tulane is the kind of team set up to defend this dynamic rushing attack. They're 20th in run defense overall. They've been awesome on defense the entire year. I think they might have the single best defense in all of the G5. And then on offense, they've been dynamic. They have a dual threat signal caller. They've used Tajay Spears as really a bell cow running back at this point. And they go five or six deep at receiver. This UCF defense isn't anything special. They're 57th in run D, 87th in pass rush, and 68th in coverage. Tulane is top 20 in both run defense and coverage. I think there's a lot of advantages to Lane's direction right now, and I think maybe people will point to strength of schedule. But like, two lanes played Houston already. They've they beat ECU, beat Memphis, beat Kansas State. Kansas State. Their loss to Southern Miss was the three point loss. They outgained Southern Miss four fifty one to two fifty three, average over one yard per play ahead of Southern Miss. They just had the game's only turnover. And against a like a low variance team in Southern Miss, who doesn't really turn the ball over themselves, and they kind of run that like super back offense, that might be enough for them to get the win. And it wasn't that situation. It's, uh, it sucks because Tulane might have a conversation to be in the playoff if that that huh. didn't happen. But I mean, they, a win over Kansas State for Tulane that's big. It's better than any win Cincinnati had last year.
2: So. That is true. But they had they had
3: Sauce Gardner.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm a fan of Tulane. The metrics line up. First of all, the other thing, UCF is the team. They play most of their games at home in the bounce house. They're hitting the road here. That's a big advantage for Tulane. You don't want to go in there down in Orlando or wherever the hell it is. Experience at quarterback, good defense, could, should, would be undefeated inside of a three-point spread. I mean, t- Tulane is a wagon. They're awesome. I don't know. I don't know. I'm certainly not going to bet against them. I'm not saying you have to bet this game. But what's there not to like about Tulane? I think stylistically they have the advantage and I honestly think they might just be better than a team like UCF. They're just a good team. I'm glad you said that. Okay. I'm, I'm... I mean I I you know you you were on Tulane before I was, but I I've seen them play at various points in the year too. Uh I don't even remember which game it was, but like Tulane was down to their I want to say oh against Houston I want to say like their third or fourth string quarterback and they managed to, like Pratt was hurt and they still held on in those games, leaned on the defense. I've been very impressed with this team. Yeah, me too. Okay, I think this also, is fine through three. Yeah, I, I get it now. You can get it under three and you, you should be able to grab that. But I, I would agree. Did you see the Houston game last week?
3: Broke the record for most points in the game in regulation.
2: Just like, I, yeah, Mordecai had seven touchdowns at halftime.
3: Unbelievable. Okay. what
2: are, what are we doing here? Um, Tulane Not playing won't give defense. Up. No, no, confirmed. No one's gonna have seven touchdowns at halftime, but if somebody does, it'll be Tulane. Can guarantee that. All right, here we go. Keep it moving. Back to the SEC. What do we get on the other side? I'm sure they're gonna be loving life, and uh, Kirby Smart doesn't let these teams lose focus. Georgia hits the road after the big win to take on Mississippi state. I did say a couple weeks ago, if Georgia loses a game, it will not be to Tennessee. It will be to Mississippi state on the road. The week after the Tennessee game, that would be this week. The problem is I don't know what Mississippi state is doing anymore. And I, this is a 16 and a half point spread. I'm not calling for any crazy upsets, but do you think that they can cover this number or do you think Georgia just steamrolls
0: them? of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
4: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Uh Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
4: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
4: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions
1: apply. See website for details.
3: Yeah, what they're doing is losing games, and they've got what a they dummy doing? head coach. I don't know. Mike Leach seems like he's senile at this point. His press conferences, he's kind of always been like that, so I don't know. Maybe it's just the same old Mike Leach. The the gimmick is
2: wearing thin. I mean, I'm not a Mike Leach fan. I don't like him at all, but this team is just a joke in a a lot of iterations. I'm really not a fan of Mississippi State because I think they have all the talent in the world.
3: They have a lot of talent, a lot, a lot of talent. I've called this team top 10 at points this year. They're not playing like it. They run their scheme, and that's their scheme. And when other teams can exploit it, they lose. Convincingly. The one thing I'll say is they've lost a lot of their games on the road this year. They're pretty good at home. They just get pounded on the road. I don't like looking at like letdown spots because, you know, like people that bet games talk about letdown spots. I mean, how do you quantify that? Like you can't, you can't put like letdown spot into your model. It's just that's not how it works. So generally, I don't like talking about that stuff. But if you were to draw one up, it would be this. Like, they have essentially sealed their college football playoff destiny, assuming they can beat the rest of their easy SEC East schedule outside of this game. Like, this is their toughest crossover the rest of the way. And this team is a lot weaker than it. Like, we were talking about this game. I remember when you said, like, if they lose the game, it's going to be to Mississippi State on the road. At the time, Mississippi State was playing, like, a top 10, top 5 team. And they've gotten crushed by some teams that – I mean, I don't really think that highly. If you lose by 10 to Kentucky, that's not a good loss. They got demolished by Alabama. Lost to LSU that's looking a little bit more reasonable now. But, I mean, I think Georgia's on a different level than them. What it comes down to me is I took this at plus 17. I wouldn't touch it at 16.5. It was a key number, and I grabbed it when I could, assuming Mississippi State was going to take a little money.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean – I I like this stylistically, not that you're going to be able to exploit Georgia, but I I think this is the way, like a weird style at home. I just, I'm not a fan. Maybe it's because I caught the game last week. They won by six against Auburn in overtime. Not great. Uh, Just, you shouldn't be messing around with Auburn at home. Like, what are you going to do if Georgia comes in? I also don't know if they can stop Georgia. I don't know if anyone can stop Georgia. I'm with you. You gotta you gotta find the right number here. I'm not gonna take Mississippi State unless it crosses 17. Don't think it's gonna do that. Maybe the over, but I, I really don't even have a strong take there, to be honest.
3: Yeah, me either. Mississippi State's much weaker up front. And Georgia it's hasn't been running light. as much this year.
2: It felt a little light though to me. 53 and a half. Like I, I think Georgia might put up 40.
3: Yeah, I'm already seeing it move through 54. That on maybe I'll look at that. Yeah, it's 53 and a half on DraftKings. I'm staring at it right now. There's always one hanging that there, low number.
2: Yeah, I just, again, I think both of these teams have elements where they could be successful, certainly in that regard, uh, in terms of offense. Yeah, fifty-three and a half everywhere. So I, I'm okay with the leaning over there. I think Georgia has ways where they hang 35, 40 points themselves, and Mississippi State will be able to score in spurts
3: yeah, it's a uh, Mississippi state if you can get a seventeen or more, otherwise the oversounds, it's pretty good. I'll dive into that a little more after the show. You'll see in our in our premium discord if we take it.
2: Definitely, well, Kansas. they have secure, I believe I saw them. I mean, they storm the field every week, but I think that's because they <laughs> they they literally storm the field every week. But I think they've they been waiting the for bull. this since
3: like 2007. Yeah, good for them. Do whatever you want.
2: Uh, Four-point road dogs to Texas Tech. I think they are bull eligible. 64.5-point total. Texas Tech is an anomaly. I, we, we talk about them all the time on the DFS show each week. It's tough to gauge what they're doing and, and what's going on there. Is there value in this game? Or is this
3: a game that we don't want to mess around with? There's two things I kind of am looking at, which I, I want to get your take on. One is the over... You've got Texas Tech playing at the second fastest pace in the country. Kansas typically playing slow, but they've been dragged into some of these games before. And then both these defenses are questionable. Texas Tech started off really strong on defense, and their metrics have just declined and declined and declined. These teams are actually tied for 86th in pass coverage. That's not great. Kansas is 89th in run defense. Texas Tech is 50th. They do have some talent up front on their D line, but. Again, as they've gotten into conference play, these numbers have dropped consistently for them. So I think both offenses can score. We've seen that. We saw Baron Morton get hurt for Texas Tech, it doesn't really do anything for me because they've been rotating quarterbacks anyway. And I honestly, I believe they've gotten the best play out of Donovan Smith. But on the other side, Jalen Daniels was suited up last week. It suggests to me that at some point he's going to return this year. Could that be this week? He practiced last week. They had him active in case of emergency. I think we might see Daniels. And if we see him, I think Kansas is the play of plus four. This team has been in really every single game in their conference this year. They've got a seven-point loss to TCU, played Oklahoma to 10 points. Baylor was semi-close. And then their wins are solid, too. West Virginia, Houston. They beat a good Duke team. They beat Iowa State. And then they just crushed Oklahoma State. There's a bit of quarterback variance in there with the the Oklahoma State side not having Sanders. But still, those are good wins for Kansas. I don't think this Texas Tech team is significantly better. So if Daniels plays, I think I want to back Kansas, and I think I want to back the over regardless.
2: I like the over. I mean, I I know I'm cherry-picking a little bit, but when I look at Kansas – All right, I'm going to throw out their FCS opponent where they gave up 10 points. They gave up 11 points to Iowa State. Iowa State can't really score. Very methodical offense. They gave up 16 points last week to Oklahoma State, who truly had no quarterback. Other than that, wins or losses, they're giving up 30, 40 points a game in every game. And I don't see why Texas Tech wouldn't fall into that category. It's not like they're giving up 30 or 40 points and they're getting crushed. They're winning some of those games. I mean, we've seen this time and time again. 55-42 55-42 against West Virginia, 48-30 against Houston, even Duke, 35-27, 52-42 loss to Oklahoma, like 38-31 against TCU. They get into back and forth. If Daniels is there, I'm definitely on the over. Certainly would help the Kansas side. But even if, if it's been, I think the over's in play regardless for Kansas because I don't think their defense is any good.
3: Their defense certainly isn't. And I think Texas Tech's defense is looking much worse recently. They've been giving up a ton of points like they gave up. I mean, we could go way back if we want, but most recently, 34 to TCU, 45 to Baylor, 41 to Oklahoma State, 37 to Kansas State, 34 to Texas, 30 to Houston. That's just some of their games. There's like a 27 to NC State. It was a different NC State team. But man, I I don't know about this Texas Tech defense either. Yes, suspect. Well, if college game day
2: is there, it's got to be good enough for us to talk about. Austin, TCU, and Texas. Texas is a touchdown favorite. No respect to the Orange Frogs, who certainly 1 million percent control their own destiny. Simple question. Can they do it? I mean, this is a team that's answered the call every step of the way, but this is as difficult as it's going to get for them.
3: Yeah, they've got a tough ladder stretch of the schedule, too, and I understand why they're underdogs. I personally think it's a bit too many points. So do I. I would have made this somewhere between a field goal and the seven. I think the seven is a really key number to look at here. TCU at the end of the day still has an explosive offense. I think Quentin Johnston's going to play. He left in the first quarter. He didn't like go to the locker room. He didn't get a lot of treatment. He was basically like, you know, like doing high knees, riding the bike, like trying to stay warm all game. They just didn't need him really. Again, like TCU in some of these games, their offense is just so explosive. When they get out to leads, they know their defense is going to give up points, but their offense is also going to score them almost at will. So that's a big thing in this game I want to talk about first. Texas has been a little giving in the secondary. They've had a lot of injuries in their secondary, and some of those players are still going to be out here. Over the last couple of weeks, they've been missing any number between one and three starters. Some of those players are going to miss this game. That hurts against TCU, and it's not just Quentin Johnson. They've gotten a lot of production out at Savion Williams popped up last week. Tay Barber, Darius Davis, they've got – four receivers at least that can win against you. They have an explosive running game with Kendry Miller, who's one of the best yards after contact per attempt, force missed tackles per attempt running back, which masks a lot of what maybe they, they maybe have deficiencies in the offensive line. I personally don't think so, but Kendry Miller is able to create a lot on his own. And then on the other side of the ball for defense, TCU has not been great, but Quinn Ewers hasn't been great either. I think a lot of people just, Think of the Alabama game for Quinn Ewers, which was a really small sample. Or they think of the, like the Oklahoma game. Since the Red River, which was on October 8th, Quinn Ewers is completing 51% of his passes for 6.5 yards per attempt. That's barely over a 50% completion percentage. And again, we're talking about really small samples here. But are we sure Quinn Ewers is the answer? I'm not, and it's a question. I don't have the answer, but I'm not convinced Quinn Ewers in this Texas offense Are seven point have a seven point advantage over TCU here. Quinn Ewers could easily play them out of this game. This has shootout written all over it. If you're in a back and forth shootout affair, I want Duggan, not Ewers under center. I agree with that. I
2: and Kendry Miller's fantastic. Obviously, Bijan's Bijan, so I do worry about that. They're not
3: stopping Bijan,
2: they're not, and that's going to be a problem. Texas is back at home, they played a string of road games. There's a lot of things that help them. It's just a question, though. I think we're on the same page. I think Texas should be favorite. If you told me who's most likely to win, I would say Texas. A touchdown, though, that's not insignificant. Like You're talking about all these really coin flip games, us having cover on a full touchdown. And of course, there's a million ways where TCU just wins. They outscore them. They get it done. I mean, Iowa State went in there and should have won that game, which is a totally different type of team, but... Texas will be ready. TCU will be ready. I think it's a little heavy. I am um, i don't think it's going to move to either direction. Do you have a feel if it's closer to six and a half or seven and a half? It feels like it's just zoned in on seven right now.
3: I think it should maybe be like plus five or six. I wonder so if it'll move either way. If it moves towards Texas, I'm betting it again. If it moves oh, towards yeah. TCU, I'm probably just sticking with my position. I like I'm looking for places to sell TCU because it's not like they don't have questions. You can say what you want about the backup quarterback thing. At the end of the day, they have faced a lot of backup quarterbacks. I think some of it's overblown. Some of it is not like the drop off from Dylan Gabriel to Baville is massive, but the drop off from Adrian Martinez to Will Howard is essentially non-existent The drop off from Baron Morton to Tyler Sugar or, Donovan Smith, whoever Texas Tech decides to use at any given time, is not significant. Those guys have started over Baron Morton all season long. So some of it's overblown. Some of it is not. Like they also allowed 10.1 yards per pass attempt to Kansas, 5.3 yards per carry to Kansas. And that's just one game. We could go down the list. I won't in the interest of time, but they are suspect on defense. I, I want to sell this TCU team at some point, but giving yep. me seven points, a touchdown here, it's just too many points. Too many points. I'm with you. Speaking
2: of points, you want points. North Carolina and Wake Forest is where you want to be on Saturday because these teams don't play defense. It's debatable if Wake Forest even plays offense at this point. I'm not sure what they're doing. North Carolina's got Drake May. They know what's going on. They quietly uh, could win the ACC. That's a shocker. Going to have to go into, uh, wherever the hell, Winston-Salem and win. Three-and-a-half-point dogs for North Carolina. 76-and-a-half-point total. What is going on with Sam Hartman and what is going on with Wake Forest? Do, can we back them here, or do you think that UNC somehow gets it
3: done again? Dude, Hartman has been awesome outside of his turn. What does he have? Nine interceptions in the last two games. I mean, they had eight turnovers in the second half. In the second think, half against Louisville, have six interceptions. Yeah, that was the third quarter. Um, like <laughs> no, I'm sorry, he had four interceptions and then he fumbled some too. So he has seven interceptions in the last two games.
2: I don't know what they're doing. I backed Wake Forest in these spots. It, it, you can't even draw anything. It's like Akron, when I always make excuses for Akron. If you turn the ball over, and some of them, and you've talked about this, turnovers are bad. When you turn the ball over and it results directly in points on the same play, that is legitimately the number one thing that hurts your win expectancy. And he had multiple pick sixes against Louisville. He's throw, You just can't win like that. It's impossible.
3: Yeah, he had three turnovers. Last week, three interceptions. And he still threw for 397 yards, 8.3 yards per attempt, and two scores. You can't erase the interceptions, but I don't think anything's drastically changed with Hartman. We have multiple seasons of him as the starter, multiple seasons of hyper-efficient play, and now he's had a turnover problem for two games. So it's, I want to buy low on Hartman, man. I really do. I've been looking at Wake. Really heavily. I actually almost considered betting North Carolina right away. And then I dove into the metrics and just Wake is so much better than UNC everywhere. Wake actually has a semi-competent defense. Again, they've allowed a lot of points the last couple of games, but you mentioned it. Pick sixes, it's not even their defense really giving up a ton of points. Hartman has done this solo fashion. He's throwing yep. the pick sixes. So man, I think I'm I'm gonna back Wake Forest again and just bet on Hartman positively regressing. The other part of last week I want to highlight, a big part of my handicap and why I bet Wake Forest was the MJ Morris thing for NC State. Freshman getting his first start, and he had a really solid performance in his debut, which he came in, was, I think, just before halftime against Virginia Tech, and he was awesome in that game. But it was a really small sample. Now he was getting his first start against a pretty good defense. He kind of answered those calls too, seven yards per attempt, three touchdowns, good. no interceptions, no turnover where really plays. If you've got a guy that's going to take care of the ball and Hartman who's going to commit three turnovers on the other side, well, yeah, you're going to get crushed in games. Is that the case here? I think it is a shootout, but I don't know. Am I crazy for going back to Sam Hartman and Wake Forest here?
2: I don't know if you're crazy. I I, I think – I don't know. This is one of these situations where I get myself into trouble in some regards because I, I don't know if turnovers really – they're kind of just random at times. Like, sometimes you just get them in bunches and weird shit happens, and it you start like, oh, this team is broken, or they just got really unlucky and it spiraled. Like, you're going to be able to score... You're going to be able to, first of all, overcome a, a turnover or two, because this game is going to be like a basketball game. Neither of these teams can stop each other. There's a 0% chance that North Carolina's defense can stop Wake Forest. Now, North Carolina's no joke. Downs, May, these guys are fantastic. I mean... I think Wake Forest is the better team. I just i I'm not really impressed. I've bet North Carolina, but I'm not really impressed with them. And I think of all the units in this game, North Carolina's defense is by far the worst of the four. I, I don't trust the defense at all, and I'm not sure they can overcome that on the road.
3: I 100% agree. I think I'm going to bet Wake Forest now. I haven't done it yet. I think I've I'm going to do it. I
2: they've been killing me,
3: but yeah, I, at some point. You know, they, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same I mean, thing over and over again. That's me with Wake Forest right now. So I mean, it's me
2: with Akron. I know Akron
3: plays, and many of you will watch this,
2: and they would have already pulled the upset. You see what I did there? Or they lost by like 40, <laughs> and I sound like an idiot, but they are going to play well on Tuesday night, whenever you may watch this. All right. Got a couple games left here. Let's get to it. This is actually a game that I'm going to try to talk you into. Texas A&M and Auburn. I like Auburn in this game. I know it seems bad. I think Texas a and is probably the better team. Both of these teams have issues. I think that Texas A&M is straight out of gas. And now they have to hit the road. They have lost five straight games. And now they're back on the road. Auburn got a boost. Cadillac Williams, my man, one of my favorite players of all time, has taken. I'm saying, who the hell is this coach? This guy's going crazy. It's Cadillac Williams. They at least have a couple pieces and they're at home. I'm going to short Texas A&M for the rest of the year. Simple as that. I don't like Auburn at all. I have the under on their season win total. I think Auburn gets one in this spot.
3: I think Auburn's a pretty good team. They're just limited by quarterback, but even in their recent losses, they're playing really good teams really close. We we talked about the Mississippi State game earlier. They actually had a 34% postgame win expectancy, an average scoring margin of negative three points. That game should have been closer than it was, and it was pretty close. I mean, we're talking overtime game.
4: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car
0: before my kid's PTA meeting.
4: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
4: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: They should have beat. I watched the LSU-Auburn game from start to finish. I know it was a while ago. Auburn 100% should have beat LSU this year.
3: They had a 93% post game win expectancy in that game.
2: Yeah, Ojalare won the game. He scored like it was it was yeah, uh, He's awesome. Yeah, he is amazing, but I think that Ashford will be able to really cause problems both these teams are in a tailspin, but Auburn has played, not that Texas A&M hasn't, but Auburn, I mean, LSU, Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Mississippi State. This is the easiest game they've had in quite a while at home. They're motivated. Texas AM is in a tailspin, one and a half point spread. Give me Auburn at home to hold serve.
3: Yeah, I think the only thing you're fading here is Wegman, who played really well in his first start. Obviously, they didn't have him last week because of the flu, but his stats were sick in his first start. 63 and percent completion, over 300 yards, 7.7 yards per attempt, four touchdowns, no interceptions. The team had four drops, which was 12 and a percent. I mean, that could have been even better for him. Only took two sacks and 16 pressures. He played really well. It's just a one game sample, a very, very small sample, and that could regress anytime. At home. So, yeah. And uh, that is true as well. If he hits a tough run environment with this, which this certainly will be, and I love Cadillac, he's got everyone fired up yeah. students, fans, players. Hopefully that energy can disrupt Wegman because I think I'm going to bet Auburn too. I- I'm going to take this right now, actually.
2: Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. Listen, Wegman, he's a player. I, I was really impressed. I think it is a little different. He's on the road. I think that Auburn's defense can cause some problems. I think Ashford, in some ways, is a low very because like he can just he's going to run. He's got limitations if they fall behind. Don't see it here. Texas A&M is out of players. They're out of gas. A-chain can only do so much, um, and he is. He's a great player, but give me the Tigers at home here. Early in the show, you mentioned that Oregon is certainly in the mix. It's going to be a weird evaluation. They have to clear this hurdle. They're at home. They cleared the UCLA hurdle at home earlier in the year. I think this is a much easier task than what they had to do there. And the books say that, too. They're a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you see resistance from Washington, or do you think the Ducks just roll them?
3: I think there's going to be some resistance here from Washington. Like Both these defenses are crap. Oregon's defense is atrocious, too. They didn't allow a single punt against UCLA. Now they've played some really bad teams recently. Colorado scored 10 on them. Arizona scored 22. Should have scored more, but Stanford 27. They allowed Washington state 41 the game before that. You can kind of see it hasn't really been a difficult path for Oregon and they're playing the meat of their schedule in these really the latter three games they're going to play. They've got some tough spots here. This one it's kind of like a middling matchup. Washington is the same exact struggles. They've been horrific on defense. They've lost some really bad games, lost to Arizona State. There's no excuse for that. But in all their games, they're scoring a ton. Scoring, scoring, scoring. So at what point is it too many points? And I think the answer is 14. Because I don't think Oregon's defense is going to stop them, but I think this is just back and forth scoring. The total 72 and a half. Right now, if the line held, this is probably where I would look instead towards the over. But I think if it hits 14, I'm going to back Washington tentatively.
2: It's fair. I, I wouldn't push back on that. I might actually look to an Oregon team total in terms of the over. I don't see many ways where they don't hang 45 or 50 points. Honestly, I, I just see it as that's what they've done. They've scored 40 or more points in every home game this year. Don't think Washington really stops them. And I think that, you know, with their passing attack, There'll be enough possessions for Oregon to really push the pedal to the metal. And in some ways, I think that they need to play style points like they got to score and look good because, you know, Georgia dismantled them. It was an absolute bloodbath in that game. It should have been closer, not close, but closer. Uh, I think Oregon needs all the help. And I think they kind of show it offensively this week.
3: They allowed 402 yards to Cal. Yeah, that's
2: I bet that game. I somehow still didn't cover idiots but pathetic nonetheless.
3: This defense is awful.
2: It's bad, but that helped. That's good. I I want them to be awful because, again, team totals, things like that, you want your defense to be horrendous, and I think we do get that. That is true. So, a couple more, then we'll get egregious. We'll sum it up with our best bets. Again, if you're enjoying, hit the like button. Share the show. We got it available. We got things going on. Of course, subscribe to the channel. I know most of you are, but a lot of you aren't. It's time to rectify that. Time to join this community. Kansas State and Baylor. These are just Teams. They're teams in the Big 12. Baylor's at home. They're a three-point favorite. Kansas State for a while there was doing some things. Now they're not as much. Uh, you know, they're playing better teams. Texas is a good team. Do you think that they can go into Baylor and get it done, or do you like Baylor?
3: I kind of like Baylor in this spot. They're a team I've been you, you guys probably know this if you've been yeah, watching you like it for Baylor. a couple of weeks. Yeah, trying to buy low on Baylor. They're getting a little better in terms of their passing attack, shaping. He's made improvements. And they're not just running ice cold anymore. Their losses, I mean, they have multiple games that are losses with positive post-game win expectancies. Oklahoma State, West Virginia, those are games they flat out should have won. Meanwhile, Kansas State's really one-dimensional on offense. They run – they it's their scheme. It's been their scheme forever. And they have a mobile quarterback. They use him. They use Deuce Vaughn. But Baylor's strength on defense is up front. They have, I think, the best front seven in the entire Big 12. They're 14th and run defense, 44th and pass rush. I don't think that's giving them enough credit here. I still don't believe Kansas State can play from behind. I don't think they can throw the ball when they're pressed into those game scripts. They have been a couple times this year, and they've been unable to with Adrian Martinez. And I do think he's probably the starter in this game. So I haven't taken it yet. I wanted to see where this moved. I thought there was a chance Kansas State would take some money, and I might be able to get a Baylor minus 2.5, but ultimately it's held pretty steadfast. So I, I might end up just taking the three with Baylor.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at outshopper.com right now. Threes across the board. Um, yeah. Even, even our friends, the FanDuel. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any indication it's going to move to two and a half. If it does move to two and a half, I will join you. If it does not, I'm probably going to pass. I, I, I don't know. I have no feel for Kansas State. I do agree there's some buy low opportunities with Baylor. Maybe. We're going to monitor. I'm in no rush. To bet this game, I'm in no rush to bet Oklahoma-West Virginia, even though, I don't know, it's north of a touchdown on the road for Oklahoma. They've had a lost season in a lot of regards. West Virginia's West Virginia. You have a, a lean here?
3: I this, uh, this isn't a game I don't think we need to spend too much time on. I don't have a bet in the game, other than maybe the over. And it just so happens, it's a lot of overs we're talking about this week. There's so many bad defenses facing each other. Like We've talked about West Virginia at length. This secondary currently ranks 127th in the country. It's kind of ebbed and flowed between like 124th to, I think they were 131st at one point. Right now they're 127th. They're facing Dylan Gabriel. Oklahoma's going to score whenever they want to. Oklahoma ranks 77th in run defense, 113th in pass rush and 98th in coverage themselves. They're not significantly better. If you can get anything out of JT Daniels, which maybe you can, he sucks, but... You can get anything out of him. How does this not eclipse 66? This should be like a 53 50 game. Both these defenses are horrible. Awful. There's nothing just, else to say. It's like it's an over. No,
2: I, I agree with that. Honestly, we don't need to spend a ton of time here. The middle of the Big 12 is such a like, if you ask me to order conferences, you know, best to worst, to me, the Big 12 is the hardest. Like, how do you order Oklahoma, West Virginia, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas? They're all the same. Texas Tech. Who's the worst team in the Big 12? Am I missing a team? Um, Not to put you on the spot. Let me think about it. Honestly, like who who who's the worst team in the Big 12? It's Oklahoma, West State, Virginia. Right? Is it though? Like, yeah, and I they're... think so. I hate them but they're not even that bad.
3: No, they're not. They could beat anyone on any given day.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like they could beat TCU on a given day. How crazy
3: is that? I mean, they played them.
2: It was competitive. Close.
3: Yeah, the relatively.
2: Yeah. Look at this nonsense. Well, yeah, Iowa State and West Virginia are one and five in the conference. They'd be like you know less than a touchdown underdog to tcu on their home turf like it's the
3: best just, conference in football i love this conference just
2: delete the big 12 sell it off Dude, to charity what
3: we want don't you want no, the chaos
2: no i don't like any you'd of you'd rather things. have
3: the big 10
2: well, the big 10 yeah good effort illinois shout out to illinois really good stuff last week you were all over michigan state you got me on them too good job but what the hell was that
3: they hadn't played anybody all year. I, I know. That's I didn't really think they were going to lose, but I thought yeah. 17 lose. points was too many.
2: They better watch. Somehow, I was still going to win that side. It's they really might. Really I mean,
3: bad. Illinois still has like a 70% chance to win. Purdue could have jumped them, but Purdue couldn't take care of business. So that, that side is a complete disaster.
2: So bad. And that's actually a perfect way to end this show before we give our guest bets. We have one last game, and it's Wisconsin and Iowa. That's there's a huge game on that side. Obviously, no surprise, the total is 35 points. Wisconsin's a one and a half point road favorite. The wind rendered the game useless, but somehow wind helps Petrus. He threw two touchdowns in that game last week. I don't really know what's going on. What a joke of a game here. But do you think that Iowa despite how bad they are at home actually has the advantage?
3: I'm kind of excited for this game. I don't know if I'll end up watching it. I would say probably not, but I'm a bit surprised they're a home dog here. Their defense is still awesome. Neither offense can score. So it's like, who's the best unit on the field? I think it's Iowa's defense. And I don't think it's particularly close. And who's the worst? Uh, Maybe Iowa's offense by a hair, but I don't think they're significantly worse than Wisconsin's offense. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin can't even figure out how to use their best player, Braylon Allen. I see like, Isaac Garendo getting rushes for this team. Like, what are you doing? What what are you doing? Do you are you trying to lose games actively? It's possible. Like, you don't, you're not incentivized for the number one overall draft pick. You don't get better recruits for losing games with Wisconsin. That would be awesome. Why that is Braylon so Allen good. not t- Why is Wisconsin's offense not j- exactly like the Tennessee Titans? The opposing defense should know that Braylon Allen is touching the ball every single play, except when he's too out of breath to touch it anymore. And Wisconsin cannot figure out how to do that. So anyway, I honestly, this game probably comes down to who scores first because the opposing team cannot play from behind. But yeah,
2: I mean, the margin on a game like this, and Iowa does seem to be able to do this at a unsustainable clip. A fluke play, like a blocked punt. They have stick. great
3: special teams. Their special teams are awesome.
2: That's what I'm saying. They do that, and then they win the game because they, they, you know, they got a short field. And I, I do think that Iowa's probably the side. I'm not sure I can stomach betting them though because they're so bad. I would bet them though before I bet Wisconsin in this game. I've all. been
3: waiting on this because Wisconsin's been taking money for whatever crazy reason. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. So that. I, I, I'm going to take Iowa. I don't know if it's going to be with the points or on the money line, but. It's not going to be a, a large play by any means, but I think for the first time all year, Ben, I'm going to be on the Hawkeyes.
2: I well, we'll probably do it together. Uh, again, in Discord, you'll see if I actually do it. I'm not. I'm not sure I can, but I'm getting closer by the second. All right, we've reached that point. Hit me if you have anything else. Real quick, you could throw it in, and then if not, you got a couple dollars in your pocket. You got a couple bets you want to make, and who are those teams?
3: For just last couple, these aren't best bets yet, just want to throw San Jose State out there. They're laying two and a half right now. I think this goes through three, so I think it's imperative you get another playing San Diego State, who's a team we've talked at length about this year. Can't play offense at all. San Jose State has an awesome defense, especially up front. They're very good with their pass rush and defending the run. San Diego State can't do anything but run. And then vice versa, San Diego State's defense is highly suspect. And you've got a San Jose State team that's going to throw the ball around the yard. This opened with San Diego State favored by a point or two, and it's just taken tons of money the other way. So I would try to get this before it goes through three. And last one, I like App State against Marshall. It's a pick and I think this goes App State maybe minus one, minus two to close. They're the better team overall on defense, really, every which way except pass coverage. They're 113th in pass coverage. Luckily, Marshall is one of the teams in the country that cannot throw the ball. They're 93rd in yards per attempt. They've already benched Henry Columbia. Cam Fancher only threw for 89 yards on 25 attempts last week. That's 3.6 yards per attempt. No touchdowns, two interceptions, no big-time throws, two turnover-worthy plays. Oof. And then on the other side, App State's just going to run the ball down your throat. So give me App State as a pick em over Marshall.
2: I like that one. That was not on my radar. I'm probably going to tail that right after the show. All right, here we go best bet where are you going you got you got to make that pick who would it be on this card
3: i haven't actually taken quite as many games some of them i was still waiting for but my number one right one excuse me my number one bet right now is still lsu over arkansas i took it at two and a half i think three is fine once it gets beyond that i think that's where it gets a little bit riskier here but you've got two teams moving in opposite directions An Arkansas secondary that has returned some players but still hasn't shown any life in terms of defending the pass. And LSU has shown drastic improvements in their pass game with Jaden Daniels under center navigating pressure with his legs. But actually delivering the ball to neighbors and to Butte and to their tight ends. And then Arkansas, when they're on offense, their identity is running the ball. It's all they can do. KJ Jefferson's dynamic in that regard. But that's the strength of LSU's defense. They're extremely strong up front. With their defensive line whether it's in run defense or the pass rush so i think they can mitigate arkansas right now not not to mention KJ jefferson's playing hurt we don't know how severe yes. it is but he is absolutely playing hurt lsu is going to be the number one bet on the board here and for my second one i'm going back to the well i'm going to tcu against texas and it's not so much that i think tcu is even the better team i think texas wins this game but you're giving tcu a touchdown and this is an explosive offense Even with Quinton Johnson potentially out of this game, and I think he plays, but whether they have Johnson or not, you still have Davis, you have Barber, you have Savion Williams, and you have Kendry Miller in the backfield to lean on. And then quietly, Quinn Ewers has not played as well as people think since the Red River game, October eighth. He has a fifty-one percent completion percentage, under seven yards per attempt. Ewers still in a small sample, but he has not been the answer in recent weeks after we thought maybe he was after the Bama performance. So I'll give you those as my top two. Again, LSU minus two and a half, and I'll take the points at TCU plus seven.
2: I'm going to go with Auburn. I really just think Texas A&M is done. Uh, now they have to hit the road. Cadillac Williams will have Auburn ready. They're going to run it. They do what they do. I am worried about Wegman. He's a good quarterback, but I, I think ultimately at a pseudo pick 'em, Auburn gets it done, and I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I really think that Virginia was able to move the ball solely because of North Carolina's defensive deficiencies. Pittsburgh is not that. Pittsburgh has a dual threat, a two-headed monster at running back. Whoever's in that backfield is going to cause serious damage to the Virginia front. I think Pitt kind of just outclasses them and wins going away. So there you have it. A lot of questions, a lot of answers, a lot of tickets. Hopefully a lot of wins. Regardless, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Everybody, thanks again. Week 11 in the books here at Betting You. For me, for Matt, for Odd Chopper. Good luck. Enjoy all the games. If you have any questions, at Matt underscore Gajewski, at DFS on the Twitter sphere, or hit us up in Discord. Thanks again to DraftKings. Link in the description. Take advantage of the promos. Good luck. Cash the tickets. Come back next week. Same time, same place.